Welcome to Diary of an Ex-Ho. I'm Sherry Hardman. I'm your ex-ho. And today's guest is Kevin Eggleston. So sit back, enjoy the podcast, and remember the old saying, always a bridesmaid when you're a hoe. How, how are things going for you right now? Things are going great. It's been good. Uh, just back from being on the road and turning around and having to leave again in another week. So it's been fun, been busy. Um, for World Series or? Yeah, these ones are going off to do hosting for World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, now, where do you live now? I don't know why I can't remember. I live in Indianapolis. It's because every time uh, I get brought up to stage, uh, I change the city. Oh. <laughs> Is that because you keep moving or are you just making up random cities that you're from? Pretty much. <laughs> I like to keep uh, I like to keep people guessing. Yeah, well, then you, nobody can follow you home, right? Yep. Well, we're here today to talk about sex. Um, the 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 primary reason that I wanted to uh, talk to you was about uh, there's a particular room that you do that I wanted to kind of discuss. But I also want to just like go through like your sexual history a little bit. All right. So I'm going to ask you some questions about the past, and then we'll we'll jump to now. But um, so are your parents uh, married? Yeah, they're they're still married. Still married. All right. Now, were they like affectionate with each other when you were growing up? Uh, I mean, like in the way where they'd say things that they shouldn't out loud. Or just where they would, you know, kiss and cuddle and touch and. Yeah, they or... weren't uh, like they would if they were sitting on the couch next to each other, they'd touch, but not like they weren't a PDA kind of family. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, were they affectionate with you guys? Are do you have siblings? Yeah, I have a sister who's twelve years older than me. So oh. I think that probably answers the question about how like active my parents were. Uh, if you have that big of a gap between kids, like actually, that's the thing. Uh, the first time my mom met my now wife, uh, she was like, "My wife's birthday is Valentine's Day," and my mom's like, "Oh my god, that's the day we conceived Cavan." And you're like, ew. Yeah, I was like, I didn't know that. Also, why I've been dating this girl for two weeks. Now I have to marry her. Like, why would you do this? I can't have that be a secret outside the family. Um, yeah, I was like, and she's like, well, everyone should know that. And I was like, I, you shouldn't know the exact day. You should be having so much sex. It should just be, it could be a range. But like, you shouldn't be able to pin down Valentine's Day 1985, you know? uh so i bet your sister and you probably had totally different lives i know my sister is eight years younger than i am and by the time she you know was growing up and stuff i was already out of the house yeah um my sister so my parents uh had my sister when they were like 17 18 Mm -hmm. um so like completely different lives uh for her growing up versus me yeah, well, you probably had it a lot easier than she did, though. Uh, in some ways, in some like there was more, definitely more money, because it wasn't you know, two broke college kids or two broke high school kids, but like other ways, like my parents got very, uh, very strict on weird things. Like my oh, parents, really? I, I, I think I'm talking about. Yeah, my parents were like bad, like fundamental Christians. 
So like they would just kind of guess what the Bible said. And then like we'd go to church and they'd like really want to go to church. And then they wouldn't because they realized it interfered with football. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so they were winging it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the Beatles were bad, but here's a healing crystal. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So, so do you, okay. So I want you to tell me about, uh, everybody takes this term differently, about your sexual awakening. Like when you first realized that something was going on that you previously didn't know was going on. Uh, so you remember yeah. a moment or? Uh, man, I think it was, there's like a couple that I can really remember. Uh, I can remember one, um, I was like six or seven we were watching the news and they were talking about a bust of strip clubs in Seattle. And they had the ladies, like they showed the ladies dancing on the stage. And I was like, why would anybody ruin that? Why would you, why is that a bad thing? And so I was like, that was the first time I was like, Oh, I like boobies. Um, and then I think, I think it probably, like 11 or 12 is when you're like oh hey this thing reacts to just about anything that's pretty cool <laughs> um and then like i had one a few years ago and i was like oh yeah i don't actually like sexual attraction is a spectrum you don't have to be just straight uh so i was like oh that's cool so i was like at 30 <laughs> so. oh yeah, seeing old Henry Cavill doing those arm shotgun things in the Mission Impossible movie, I was like, wow, that does things. You're just maybe a <laughs> bicep sexual. Huh. Well, learning things about you I didn't know before. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, like, how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, five years. Wow. That's not very long. No, no, it's not. <laughs> so you're doing really great for five years, but you, you uh, had some amazing opportunities. Yeah, really uh, I've gotten really lucky. Uh, been in the right spot at the right time, and had just people that were really supportive. So I've been getting, like I said, I've just gotten immensely lucky. Yeah, that's great. I didn't mean like, I didn't mean it like, uh, oh, you just got lucky. Like, no, no, I mean, no. Oh, okay. No, I like I I mean I just uh I just happened to be at the right time in my life where I could be like, oh, this is a thing I can focus on. Um yeah. I, like have you seen a lot of younger comics that I'm like, oh, you might be incredibly funny, but like your life is gonna change in three years. And you're like, you're gonna have kid, family, marriage, you gotta have a job. And I'm like, you can you probably and you've seen really talented people that can't do that. Right. You know, I got lucky because I have a wife that's really supportive with comedy. I had a, a job that I could at least plan some comedy around. Yeah. So and then I just had, like I said, uh, coming up in the Seattle Tacoma scene at the right time, I feel like. Mm -hmm. That's great. I'm uh, I'm getting ready to retire at the end of the school year. So I'm going to have a lot more time for comedy. Hell yeah. So I'm really excited about that. OK, back to the dirty talk. Let's see. Yeah. Do you remember like a movie, like a mainstream movie that you were watching that had a scene in it that like you still remember as being erotic? <laughs> uh, do you, I remember uh, burning out a copy of Predator 2. 
because really? that was the first time I ever saw full frontal nudity. So Predator uh, 2 on VHS. Uh, and it was just like that early 90s, like full bush. Uh, like you can't, you don't know. They, like they could have been just wearing pants and it's the same amount of skin mm-hmm. you see, but there's something about you're like, that's, you're not supposed <laughs> to see that. Now, I know that makes me curious. Like, are, do, are you still attracted to full bush? No. Well, I mean, like, I don't care. Uh, I treat sex the same way I treat, like, a gift-giving holiday. Like, I'm going to write you a thank you note, thank you note regardless. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> I, I Like, I feel like I'm uh, always, a, like, a little bit of, like, a, a, a stepdad that, like, got invited to the family reunion. And I was like, hey, thanks. This is, this is an honor. It really, really... <laughs> Really making me feel like little, I belong here. I was a little uh, confused about the stepdad reference there, but I uh, got it. Yeah, okay. It checks out. Well, you know, we have modern <laughs> porn where you're like, every step sibling is a thing in that now. <laughs> what is your favorite porn category? Uh, like you your know, go-to. I have really ADHD bad. really bad. So, like, you got to go compilation, which I know is just like, oh. uh, like yeah, you just... I'm like, I got to have a, a sick beat and flashing lights. Uh, <laughs> I like, I, if it's sex that looks like it happened in a rave, I'm there. <laughs> um, okay, so what is your definition of amazing sex? Uh, gosh, uh, I guess it's that kind where like you get that leg twitch during it. Like that's where I'm like, oh, that's nice. Uh, nobody cramps up. I think I, I think I have old people sex now that I think about it. Now that I say it out loud, what my standards are is like, oh, if my back doesn't go out, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think like that's it. Is just like, uh, or that when you are done and your partner walks weird to the bathroom, <laughs> I think that's where you're like, I, I did good. I did good work there oh that's good all right so um so what do you tell me about so uh you you produce a comedy show in a sex club is that what we call it yeah, oh, yeah. it's not technically a swingers you... club okay yeah it's a, it's a lifestyle club i guess is the word that they like to use okay um yeah, so this one was like, I was looking for venues when I got to Indianapolis and uh, I typed in like live music because I was like, if they have live music, they probably have a stage. It's a good place to start. And I found this place and it was weird because it was listed as a travel agency. And I was like, why the <laughs> frick would a travel agency have a stage? So anyways, I called up the guy. Uh, we talked. He's like, yeah, come check it out. I get there. It is uh, from the outside. It's an old church. Now, wait a minute. Did he tell you what it was before you went no. there? No, no. Okay. He was like, he was like, do you know, do you know our, our story? And I was like, no. And he's like, okay, well, I'll tell you when you get here. And I was like, what the fuck is that? I, and I like text Bree and I was like, hey, honey, I'm going to lose a kidney in this one probably. <laughs> <laughs> and I go there. It's an old church. And uh, this like kind of hippie-ish guy lets me in. And we just start talking. And he's like, first off, this ain't a fuck club. Uh, he's like, there's nothing that's happening in here that's not happening in hotel rooms across America. And I was like, the fuck am I in? 
and I found out, so it was a church, then it was a funeral home, and now it's a sex club. And, Natural uh, progression, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's like the Denny's to like a, a Rob Roy to like a party city, you know, it's just that natural progression of sadness. Um, but so I go there and they have this stage and I was like, Oh, this is great. They have a stage. And I'm like looking and there's the horse that they tie people to (laughs) and a St. Andrew's cross, which I didn't know what it was at the time. And I was like, well, shit, I like a stage and all the lighting was perfect for a show. And I was like, oh, that's really great. Wait, 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 oh, yeah, wait. You know where the lighting's great? Is because uh, when they had the funerals, that was where they put the casket. Okay, wait, what is a St. Andrew's Cross? St. Andrew's Cross is that X that you uh, can tie people to for bondage. Okay, all right. So I basically, I do this show now where their bondage room is. And uh, it's a bi- uh, bi-monthly show. And they are the wildest audiences um i've worked with i I will i give them i i'll give them shit uh as a crowd because they're a great audience they're not necessarily the best comedy audience like they like to they love to talk back at you uh they almost delight in seeing what they can do to make you like mess up your set yeah but they'll do it very playfully like you know they'll flash you or something or they'll throw jello shots at you or things like that like they're just a very fun group um but i what i learned is like that show um these are folks that just came for a good time right and that was actually kind of the weirdest thing to me is like finding out there's a segment because i i had thought swingers i had this conception of key parties uh upside down pineapples everywhere and then just like kind of uh, and you know what? No, what? Upside down pineapples. I don't know that. So, oh, so an upside down pineapple is a symbol of uh, your swinger. Okay. So that's why if you uh, if you go somewhere and you see somebody wearing an upside down pineapple, they might be a swinger. Okay. Uh, same with flamingos in the yard. I'd heard that, but yeah. there's a lot of old people that have flamingos in their yard. So. Yeah. Well, you ask the question. Uh, okay (laughs) but uh yeah so they they do that so they have they have like a swinging room and then they have the bondage room which is where we do the show and we get you know 80 90 100 people in at this show um and we've had a weird i mean just some of the wildest stuff like uh i was we were doing the show one night and i just remember this guy come the first time it happened uh the first time they messed with our show this lady comes out just buck ass naked Mm -hmm. Uh, because she had just been enjoying a gangbang okay and she was like well i heard laughter and i want to go see what that's about why is everyone paying attention to this and uh she messed up one of the comedians so bad he forgot his name (laughs) Uh, um he do you know have you ever met learn more jonassi yeah so he's a very funny comedian uh he came here from zimbabwe uh, by going by the name Long John, he then trans- transitioned to being Learn More, which is his actual name. And <laughs> the minute she came out naked, he goes back to being Long John. <laughs> and it was the funniest thing because I was like, dude, come on, act like you've been here before. But we also we had one where there was an orgy and we're telling jokes. And I just see a guy run out full Donald Duck, just covering his penis, just to like laugh at us and give us a thumbs up and then run back into the room. <laughs> um, it, it, they are. In a, it was so funny because it's such a horny environment for them. But when you're a comedian on stage, you're like, "There, I don't care what you guys are doing." Right. 
Uh, okay, so let me, I want to just ask a couple like logistic yeah. things. Like, so is this like a club that you have to like have a membership to? Yeah. So, so it's, anybody a, it's a private that's there, membership club. Huh? So anybody that's there has a membership, like the yeah. general public doesn't come to the show. So we can tech, uh, this is always the, the interesting one. So it's a membership only club. It's a BYOB club, which is also right. a little bit tricky because you can't cut someone off when they brought it themselves. Um, but as a private membership club, um, I could, as a member, um, bring in guests and they pay their fee and they can come in as a guest that night. So I could, in theory, have general public come into the show. But we also ran into some huge advertising hurdles because like Facebook pages would take us down oh. for advertising. Um, sometimes the audience themselves would be a little like I couldn't get uh, press there for the show to check it out because obviously nobody wants their picture taken or nobody wants to go on record being interviewed there because um, it's still very much like a, a secret thing um it was tough like we looked at doing um drink sales as a way to also help supplement the income uh you know anything that's going to cause liquor board or cops to show up the clubs a little bit like hey that makes our membership nervous um, right even if they're not doing anything illegal you right. know they, they, there is still that there is a general stigma around and that's also one of the other things is uh one is like just how diverse that that group is really through my my mind because again i had this picture in my head of the, the the you know the average swinger is a 55 year old dude that's trying to save a marriage and like you get people in all age ranges all body sizes uh they're almost body positive i think to a fault because uh i took off my shirt there one time and they really loved it and i was like you guys shouldn't should like this is not a good body um you know they keep asking me to get comedians naked on stage and i was like hey guys uh if comedians had big penises they wouldn't be telling jokes right? <laughs> so, so have comedians gotten naked on stage uh i've had a couple that have uh stripped during their sets i've had a couple moon the audience because we had a comedian with a tattoo on his butt um i've had comedians down i think down to their underwear but i've mm. not had a comedian get naked on stage yet um and they've even been like hey we'll pay you guys more to do that and i'm like i can't i don't i'm not comfortable messaging a comic being like hey i'll pay you 50 dollars for doing this show for 10 minutes or I'll pay you 150 if you get naked. And that just feels creepy as somebody with this face right. Right. messaging that. Like you could get away with that message. And they'd be right. like, oh, that's Sherry. She that she does that for every show. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, like uh, I can't be the guy sending that one out. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh what is where do you get your budget from? Do they just pay you a, a fee or how do you do that? Uh we get a cut of every body that walks in the door. So every um, the way a lot of clubs, uh, lifestyle clubs work, at least in my understanding, is um, there's a rate for single men. That's always the highest rate. Right. Then couples are the next highest rate. And then single women are either cheap or free. Mm -hmm. um, and like, so in some ways, you're like, it's very progressive. And then you find out their logic for it. And you're like, oh, I don't love that. But it's basically like, there's so many there there's such a rarity or scarcity of single women that'll go to those places they want to incentivize it and they also want to cut down on the amount of single men that are there um 
Right. So, because it also like, like this club is surprising to me how safe I've I've felt more safe. My wife goes to these shows, feels more safe going to those these shows by herself and producing them when I'm not in town mm-hmm. than she would producing like another show that I do in a different like in a bar or a restaurant. Right. So how uh how has tell me how this show has affected your uh sex life with your wife uh i think the biggest thing we realized is we're like hey we're uh we're not as horny as we thought we were as people uh because like these are people that like 24 7 are like what can we see naked or what can we have sex with my wife and i are just like i like you the appropriate amount like i want to see you (laughs) naked the right amount of time um yeah. You know, because like I started playing Dungeons and Dragons with some of the folks from the clubhouse and they're like, well, how do we make it sexy? And I was like, fuck it. It's dice and nerd shit. We can't make it that sexy. Um, we've been trying for years. We put Chris Pine in a movie about it and we couldn't make it sexy. Um, so it was like, we just realized that. The other thing is, uh, if you go, have you ever been to a swingers club or a sex club? Um I went, no, I went to see a strip show that was at a swingers club, but I didn't see anything going on or whatever. Yeah. So it's also like, you're kind of like, oh, uh, it's weird when you see somebody that could be your next door neighbor naked and you're just like, oh, that's cool. Like, (laughs) like, it just no longer affects me. Um, like having just random nudity or like the weirdest one was a guy getting a blowjob and then like his girlfriend popping up and giving us the thumbs up for like good job and I was like that should be a weird point in my life like that should be a moment that I have to stop and reevaluate and now I'm just like no we're good (laughs) I gotta roll Um, through this tight five do you find yourself uh being aroused when you're there or is it more just business um so like I'll treat it I try to treat it as business um I look at it as my job when I'm there is to provide them some form of entertainment because they're there for an entertaining evening. Um, And that's actually, that's the biggest hurdle that I've had is like getting comedians to wrap their heads around it. It's basically a naked corporate event for them. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm like, I I don't like the idea of paying you money and then you think you're going to hook up with audience members there because then you've just made me kind of like this weird pimp in this situation like i'm not i'm not bringing you up there to be a meat market for them um and you're also like you fuck with the other comedians later on that think that's they go there and the audience already has that uh opinion about them and then like two it's like that's you know i get it it's a sexually charged thing but we've had instances where like comics have misread audience inter or like audience interaction as invites uh both positively and negatively we've had instances where comics have kind of like not understood the rules um and it's we're comics we're naturally kind of curious people like we all crave some level of novelty i mean are you like that you're just like i like new things i like new stimulations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's like if you tell me there's a basement where there's a bunch of people having sex like i'm gonna go look at that Mm -hmm. if for no other reason then i'm like well maybe it's a bit you know and so you find out the curtains closed you can't see behind it but you can hear stuff you're like i'm gonna want to look behind that curtain well in their lifestyle that's a no-no that's a huge no-no 
Like that's a get you banned thing. So I'm like, I've had to have that conversation with comics. And then like, secondly, or the other thing is just like your material. Um, there's some comedians that think like really political material is going to kill there. No, those people, the last thing on their mind is politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, or people have been like, the other thing is they think they're like blue material might kill. No, like these people invented certain sex acts. Like you're not going <laughs> to shock them with, you're like, hey, here's my wiener joke. They yeah. don't care. <laughs> uh-huh so yeah or the yeah. other go ahead yeah we've brought done crowd work and crowd work will work if you ask them about their sex life won't work if you ask them about their personal life like asking them who has kids nobody goes to a sex club being like well i hope somebody brings up the nine-year-old i left at home <laughs> right yeah i'm getting ready to do a a, a... I don't know what to call it. I'll call it a sex club for lack of knowing what to Hell call yeah. it. And so I just, um, do you have any pointers for me? Uh, have fun. So <clears throat> what I tell every comedian when they do this show is I want you to have fun. I don't want you to ever get worried about being married to your set because something is going to happen. Those rooms are so, everyone there is there for something to happen. And some of the people you'll get in that room, like ours is a bondage room. And we have a large, or they have a decent population that are exhibitionists. Uh-huh. So what I'll end up having sometimes is like my fir- front half of my showroom is exhibitionists that want to be seen. And they maybe aren't fully aware that's what they're doing, but they want to be seen and interacted with. And the back half of my room is actually like voyeurs or sometimes cuckold couples, things like that. And they don't want to be seen. And they're just kind of uh-huh. lurking. And it's, it's a very fascinating dynamic. It's, um, I tell comics to be very fluid with how they're doing with their set. If you feel something you want to go off on. The other thing I tell them is never, you can't, this is the one audience you can't be mean to. Um, like you shouldn't be shitty to audiences in the first place, but you know what it like when you've done a Sunday or a Friday late show and they're all tired and you're kind of like, Why, what the fuck are we doing here? You never uh-huh. want to do that to them because you're, you're ruining their night. And it's not just like, as soon as we leave the comedy show, I can go do something else. It's like, you've ruined their whole night, potentially the whole way. Um, but I also tell comics, never make fun of their lifestyle. You can talk about it. No one, they'll share with you. Uh, but it's also the only room I've ever had where people have like fact-checked comics during their show. Oh, really? Yeah, because I do a joke about pony play and it's the joke just exists to get to uh, a horse sound, just to say nay. Uh-huh. And I've had a lady be like, no, I'm sorry. That's not what pony play is. Oh. I just like would not let it go. And I was like, okay, uh, I don't know what to do here, lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I wrote this, did not anticipate having a pony play enthusiast vocally in the audience. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, uh, that show more than anything has informed how I host and how interactive I get. Um, it was a crash course on surviving uh, crowd work. And because I was, I never was a crowd work person. I, I usually right. like material. I like stories. Um, it taught me how to do crowd work and just really pivot and think on my feet with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I transition back to normal clubs, I sometimes have to like, ooh, dial it back. Uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, also I found it like made my joke, my joke writing. I was trying to be clean. And then I started doing the show and all of a sudden my joke writing got dirtier, but it also got a little yeah. bit more authentic. Uh-huh. Uh, Oh, it's it, it's been good. Um, they were the first audience I ever told jokes about being panned to. 
Um, mm. And then being like, oh, this is, I can talk about this part of my life that I never really talked about on stage before. And so that was kind of a new experience for me. Uh-huh. Um, so those were, those have been the fun ones for me with them. Um, again, super supportive audience, but they will, I've watched them just crush very good, very talented comics. <laughs> Uh, cause they didn't know what they were walking into. Right. Well, that's really interesting. I'm, uh, I'm excited to do it. I'm bringing my husband with me and I, hell yeah. I think in. every comic should have to do a club like that. Cause it's really fun. And two, I think your spouse goes to it. Cause it's, it's, it, that was the thing that my wife and I were surprised about is like, we were like, Oh, it's not necessarily, we want to go have sex with these people, but it's just, it's just a fun, like they have a fun vibe and it's hard right. to place what it is, but they're just fun. Well, I mean, you're there to have a good time, so you gotta be. It, yeah, it kind of reminds you of like those parties in high school and college where you're like, "Well, what if happens if we all got naked tonight?" But they <laughs> actually did, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then somebody walks by, and you're like, "Oh, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have." <laughs> but then I'm like, "Well, you know, who cares?" Uh, that's the other thing is I'm like, "Oh, yeah, naked people are cool. I don't have no problem with it anymore. You, you learn to not care." <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of which, uh, you've lost a lot of weight recently. Yeah. Like how much are we counting? Uh, let's see. I, it's 172 as of last count. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, I saw you at world series of comedy and I had seen, Oh, you've lost weight, but it's just like the, your most recent pictures. I mean, there's a drastic difference just just recently. That yeah, I it's know- been since you saw me in February. It was fifty more pounds. So yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been an adventure. So for your audience, yeah, I, I ended up getting I had a gastric sleeve. I was at four fifty two at my heaviest. Um, talked went through the program. You have to go through uh, basically a six month program um to get before you can get approved for the surgery got the surgery in december um and it's been great uh it's not a thing for everyone mm-hmm. but like i'm like yeah it, i was just at a point where I, I needed it and so you feel okay so i noticed that i've asked all the women that i've had on the show and i haven't asked any of the men and that is my mistake i realized but uh, how's your body image? Uh, so much better. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I feel so much more comfortable with myself and where the spaces I fit. Um, I've, for the first, I think probably the first seventy pounds, uh, there, there'd be a pretty regular like, oh shit, this this has changed on my body. Like I, uh, I could tie my shoes without having to like take the shoe off and tie it and put it on and things like that. Um fitting in booths in places my big one was getting on an airplane and not needing a seatbelt extender and it was just like oh there's these things uh, i got on stage like the first time i got on stage and wasn't drenched in sweat after a 10 minute set mm-hmm. and i was just like oh i feel so much more comfortable um and so and as it's progressing to, does that uh, follow through to your sex life yeah oh god uh yeah it's uh it's amazing well first uh, you, you never have to do that thing where you're like, am I crushing this person? Uh, you know, or you're like, oh, I'm so glad I'm having to use this person's butt as a belly rest. That never <laughs> feels good. Uh, or there was just that point where you're like, ugh, 
I'm starting to wonder about my wife's standards if she'll still fuck this. Uh, so it was, uh, it, it, that's been very nice. It's been uh, huge as far as like just stamina, endurance, and just like, you know, sex is 90% mental. It's, do I feel attractive? Do I feel like I look good? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just gone up. Um, you know, you're not having to do that thing where you're just sweating on somebody's back and just apologizing. Um, it's probably not a familiar experience. I don't, I mean, I don't, maybe you and your husband peg, I don't know, but it just, yeah, you're like, I don't have to, I don't get sweated on, or I don't sweat on people. And that feels nice. That's just a huge ego boost yeah. right there. Yeah. I can imagine. Do you have a sexual bucket list or have you done everything you wanted to do? <laughs> oh man. Uh, Hey, uh, let's see. Let's see. Where, where's my wife uh, taking notes? I hope. Um, I am. Always. Uh, I mean, it just, there's always something new. Um, though I have learned like I was at the, uh, at the club. And one time I was like, Oh, I, I think I asked them about the St. Andrew's cross and they're like, Hey, you can, you can go on that. And I got whipped one time and I was like, Nope, I'm good. I'm good. That's not a thing for me. Uh, cause I was at first I was like, Oh man, I, I, I have a, it sounds fun. I have a submissive personality in the bedroom and I was like, well, maybe I just need somebody dominant. And then that happened. I was like, nope, I don't, I need it. Yeah. Is there such a thing as like a cuddle dom that just like tells me I'm a good boy. And I was like, Ooh, that, I don't want that either. There was no winning for myself that night. Uh, the last time we were there, there was a lady very convinced or trying to convince us to do electro play. Mm. Yeah. And it was, she had basically a car battery or at least a very powerful battery was like doing something to have electricity and then she would touch you like your arm or your neck or you know one of those other erogenous zones and it, i'm like oh this feels nice and then she's like that's supposed to make you come without touching you and i was like oh that's not gonna happen and now i don't want that uh, i like I, I guess maybe i watched lethal weapon too much as a little kid i just always thought of that scene where they're electrocuting mel gibson i was like i don't want that sexually yeah. huh well, I know this does make me feel like I'm listening to this, like, I am very vanilla, apparently, you know, like I never thought that I was. And uh, part of that is just uh, settling down as a married person. It's different. But uh, that also makes me wonder, though, like, why is just regular sex not enough? Because to me, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, you know? I uh, it's, it, for a lot of them, it's fetishes it's uh it's just this thing that they you know and that's the thing i was like how do you get into trying that you know how do you like i was like electricity play where's the start point for that that's exactly kind of what i was thinking it's like why do we got to go that far i don't get it yeah did you stick a fork in a light socket or a a outlet and we're like well well, hold on that's a that's a thing now Uh (laughs) so yeah i just I, i i imagine it's you know it's probably that thing where it passes, they pick it up from somebody else and it becomes a kink. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just trying right. to get it. That's all. Yeah. Oh, it's a hundred percent. It's like you're trying to wrap your head around it. Cause I'm, I, there's me who is, I'm like, I don't know, man, I just haven't seen enough butts to be like, oh, I'm sick of butts now. I gotta go now find the other thing. Like mummify me, which is, there's a person that does that where it's, they wrap themselves up in only their mouth and nose so they can breathe but otherwise they're basically kind of constrict or constricted 
And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm like, oh, that's oh, that's like a worst I'm nightmare scenario. Yeah, you writing that like phobia into sexual turn on, and I just uh, more power to those uh, people that are boldly going. But uh, I'm like, I I like I like what I like, and uh, you know, I always found it. it. I found it frustrating. Maybe it's just the people that I tried to experiment with, but like, you know, like I, I think of myself as more of a dominant person. And uh, whenever I would try to uh, do those kind of things, I was always with someone who who said they were submissive, but their submissiveness was just about doing whatever I asked them to do incorrectly so that I would punish them. And it would be like, no, that's not what I'm after here. Like I'm after you to be submissive the way I like. So I found that frustrating. So you had like a, you had like a brat situation. Always. Yes. Huh? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's one. Uh, I'm just, sometimes I'm just like, I just tell me what to do. Um, yeah. And, uh, I, I just, I can't, uh, I can't, I'm, I'm a people pleaser. So that's me being like, just tell me what to do and I'll do that thing. And then we're all happy. But there, there's people that are like, no, it's gotta be a whole game and a whole yeah. involved thing. And I'm like, man, uh, were orgasms just not good enough? Like, <laughs> is there, is there a better version that you're getting by doing this? Um, yeah. Well, another thing is like, um, foot fetish. I mean, I do like a little joke about this, but it's like, I thought, I thought there might be like some uh, foot rubs and, you know, pedicures involved, but it was always just, I'm going to jack off on your feet. And that was not, that was not interesting to me, you know? Yeah. I I wasn't like, oh, am I supposed to read a book during this? <laughs> I, what I do I, I get I, out maybe, of this? Oh, nothing? Maybe I, just, maybe I just pick some duds, you know? Yeah, I... Well, you gotta have the proactive fetishist you know but uh i don't know if you can put that in on fet life um <laughs> oh boy this conversation has just made me feel old so <laughs> I, I man uh, i don't i don't see how it could you're in the prime right now for that club oh yeah I, am i really is there a lot of old people there there's like i said it blows my mind the wide range uh wide range age race socioeconomic status uh you know it's the place i can go that i can see a beat up like 79 ford pickup and a new tesla in the same parking lot (laughs) and uh black white asian you'll just run into so much such a range and it's fascinating um i it's in some ways really cool because like if you ever if you ever know anything about life the lifestyle one of the big things is consent and it's i, I love that fact um i had right. like a lady one day she's like can i take a picture of you on stage and i was like yeah i want you to do that and but mm-hmm. to her she's like no i have to make sure i have consent and i was like oh that's crazy um but it, consent is such a huge thing there that actually almost exclusively the women are in control and it's mm-hmm. really kind of cool to see um, because if a single guy wants to approach a couple, he has to talk to the woman first. Mm-hmm. There's no talking to the guy and then the guy pressures his wife or talks to his wife. It's this, there's an order to how they do this, a very 
almost a very formalized system for kind of engaging in that. Um, and it's just, I remember one of the times just sitting there waiting for a comedian to finish their set. And there was a couple that were getting ready to do full swap and just having a conversation about what's okay. What's not okay. What are the limits? What are, and I was like, Jesus, I was like, I've been married 10 years, been with my wife, you know, 14. I don't think I've ever had that conversation. I was like, am I shitty at being married that I'm not like, Hey, what's the limit on hair pulling? What's the limit on like too much eye contact? Uh-huh. I was like, man, dude, is that the conversation we need to have? I guess maybe going back to your question about what's changed a lot more communication. Just being like, Oh yeah, yeah I, I can, you can ask for this or you can. And it's not, it doesn't take anything out of it. I think one of the biggest myths that we have is that good sex is spontaneous. And it's like, yeah, that's nice in the movies, but that's because everyone planned in the movies for it to happen that way. Right. So it's better to just be everyone on the same page. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's like, I think working as a comedian, the environment, like to be a woman at a comedy show, I mean, I'm I'm a 62-year-old woman, you know, but I guess because of my stage person, I get pawed a lot at shows. Men yeah. touch me a lot right in front of my husband. And um, I don't mind, but I'm just saying, I, I don't give any of them permission to do that. They just do that to me, you know? So, yeah. It, it, I don't know if uh, maybe, do you know guys are shitty? Uh, am I telling you a new fact here? Men might be awful. I think I noticed that before. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> we might be the problem in everything. Yeah. I think there are a lot of things in this world that would be improved by more women being involved in them. Yeah. So. All right. Well, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much. How can people like what's your Instagram? So people can oh, find. Yeah. You can find me on everything from Twitter to TikTok uh, and Instagram at Kevin underscore egg. That's C A V I N underscore E G G. Uh, you can find me on my website, Kevin or on Facebook at Kevin Eggleston. All right. Perfect. Tell Brie I said hi. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for watching and be sure to like, subscribe, comment, do whatever you can do to help us out.